I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. I'm here with Nikki Langman again this week. We're going to talk about something really quite interesting and I'm going to call it What's your IP? So, Nikki, when I think of IP, I think mainly about, you know, what's intellectual property. But in this case, I'm going to ask you, what is it that inspires performance for you in yourself and for those you lead? Carrie, projecting it, what's your IP? What inspires you to perform? I think that's fantastic. Very clever. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited to talk to you this morning about the people in my life that I find inspiring that drive not only my personal performance, but the way that I choose to inspire others to perform as well and to lead. So this is a great topic. I can't wait. <laughs> it fits so well into this notion of ordinary people doing extraordinary things and how we challenge the status quo because of various reasons, and we look at the what if, what's possible. So if we are inspiring ourselves, that's one of the hardest things to do. And last time we spoke, you shared a great strategy with us, the five, four, three, two, one action. What I'm really interested in today is sharing some more of your practical and actionable pieces of advice around how you inspire performance. So let's get right into it. And I know all of us usually have someone or some people that we look up to or we gain motivation or inspiration from, and we're interested in following their careers. So let's talk about who are some of those people for you? Who inspires you? Fantastic. Uh, There's a few people who come to mind immediately for me. I want to start by saying, you know, we know the quote, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. And I think that the leaders that are my go-tos, the ones that come to my mind first, are those that I want to imitate, that I see behaviors or qualities in them that are so spectacular, that that are so extraordinary, that I think to myself, I want to do that too. I want to be like you in that regard. And so I want to talk about a few of those people that you know, that I want to imitate and that I hope that through my own behavior and example that other people might want to imitate some of the behaviors that they see me do as well. So it's got this beautiful flow on effect. Here's a couple of qualities that I'll just talk at one by one and I think of when I think of this quality. Courageous vulnerability. That is such a great phrase. To me, it just sends shivers down my spine courageous vulnerability. You know, we are hearing a lot these days about authenticity and its critical importance to leadership and how, you know, as we're moving forward, you know, the pace that today's environment and today's business environment is moving at, that often authentic leaders and trust is more important than it's ever been before. So to me, defines courageous vulnerability is David Solomon. 
And oh. he's the CEO of Goldman Sachs. And when I think of Goldman Sachs, I think of a very buttoned up Wall Street investment banking firm, right? But David Solomon is also a part-time DJ and he goes by the <laughs> stage name D-Soul. Uh, and he's a yoga practitioner too. So I'm immediately drawn to David Solomon because I think, wow, you're more than just what I think of when I think of a CEO of a very large investment banking firm. And what he does is he encourages his executives to be courageously vulnerable, to share aspects of their life and you know, personal details that make them unique. And he paves that way by you know, sharing what he does on the side. And he says, if you can't find a way to have passions and pursue passions and mix them into your professional life, then you're gonna have a really hard time. And so his leadership style, it's disrupting Wall Street right now because he's saying, be courageously vulnerable. Let people see who you are. And to me, I find that incredibly inspiring, Carrie. Oh, I've just started to laugh inside because I can just see him outside of the stock market, just say, in New York, down near the bull, with a DJ, doing his DJ thing on the pavement, going, come on, everybody come in and just let's get down and boogie and have a really good time with the work that we do. But you know, this is so true. That's why people are so fascinating. The other signs of us, it doesn't have to be serious. If we are serious and on task all the time and have no other enjoyment, no other ways for us to express ourselves, whether it's through our bodies, whether it's through music, whatever it is reading, you know, even sitting down and putting Lego models together. It doesn't really matter. It's what we love to do. And being outside of the regimented tasks and projects and responsibilities that you have in a role leaves you open to thinking time for those thoughts to keep fluttering by whilst you're in a moment of difference. I spent 10 years at home designing and sewing beautiful gowns, wedding dresses, all the kids' clothes. It was sort of a cash business in those days because interest rates were so high when my, my four children were growing up. And to me, when I look back on it now, it was the time I sat and had to be very particular about putting certain things together, how the colours worked, how the design worked, how it fitted somebody's body. They were times where I got to recognise that, yes, there were other things I was thinking about. I just let them acknowledge them, float them through, and I was able to express myself in other ways. So I think there's something to be said about the DJ. I love it. The DJ and yoga. You think about what you've just told us about Sol, David Solomon. He's all-rounded. Yeah. It's not just the strategic leadership that he does. It's also about himself about what he needs to thrive and survive. That's right. And, you know, leaders pay attention to that because that's what we need now. Mm. You know, mm. that's what separates the ordinary from the great is that people need to be able to relate to those they choose to follow. You know, gone are the days where we got a job for life and settled into that role and, and waited for the gold watch after 25 years. You know, gone are the days where leaders were an encyclopedia of knowledge and the mm. go-to for employees. So years ago, employees would have a question, they would go to their manager for the answer and accept what was given to them. So we don't live in that world anymore. So, you know, we have a workforce, a global workforce of people who are choosing who they want to follow. Uh -huh. if you want to be that leader in your organization or in your life that people choose to follow, 
then you need to open up and let people relate to you. Be courageously vulnerable. And I think, you know, there's boundaries there too. You know, you don't need to shake out your dirty laundry in front of your entire organization, (laughs) but be strategic about it. Let people know what your hobbies are, you know, what you do for fun. You know, Carrie, I just learned something about you too. And now I have got this vision of you sewing beautiful outfits. (laughs) meticulous detail. And I love it because it helps me to understand you a bit better on a more intimate level. Well, it's part of this whole notion of working with people, being with humanity and how we communicate. So I think the communication and our intelligence in working with people all comes together in being ordinary but extraordinary in how we go about doing it. You're so right. And communication is the most critical skill a leader can develop. It cannot be understated. Indra Nui, she said, you know, you cannot overinvest in communication. Mm. And oh God, I think there's so much truth in that. And that actually leads me to the second quality I want to discuss that really inspires me. And this one comes from Stanley McChrystal. He's a, I might be getting this wrong, but I want to say an Air Force general, but a very well-known military leader. And he has a TED talk that is worth watching. And Uh it's called, listen, learn, then lead. And I think that sums it up just in the title alone. I don't even need to go into the content of that TED talk. Listen, learn, then lead. And, you know, when we think about communication, listening is probably the most difficult aspect of communication for people to master. You know, some people get very good at articulating. Some people get very good at verbosity. Some people get very good at writing. But listening seems to be the hardest one for us to grasp in today's really noisy world. That's right. And picking up, being able to pick up what people really mean underneath what they're saying. So whether it's the mask or whether they they have particular filters on and the listening, I mean, I always love it. When I look at somebody, I think of, well, we've been given two eyes, two ears and one mouth. Mm -hmm. So twice as much listening and observing than talking. We can often run away with our own self-importance. But I, I like to think of, the, of our chats and our conversations with people and our discussions and where you get the heat and the energy as sharing of the idea and testing them out. And how we're able to get across our message is critical. So Stanley McChrystal is a really good go-to TED Talk to have a listen to. So I'm really pleased you've mentioned that. Listen, mm-hmm. learn, then lead. Mm. Yes, yes. And again, you know, to inspire people as a leader, sometimes the best thing you can do is just listen. Yeah. It's such a noisy world. We find it so challenging to be able to do that. (laughs) And it's almost amusing, you know, sit in a board meeting or, um, you know, some sort of leadership team strategy planning and just sit back and observe people fighting for airtime. You've got, you know, independent monologues happening in the same space where nobody (laughs) needs to listen to each other. And that doesn't inspire anything. It's like you're on a speaker stand vying for attention in the middle of Hyde Park in London, you know, the speakers, the speakers (laughs) stand. But it's so true. And being a leader and being able to build that and engender that community where everyone's voice is regarded as equal and valuable 
I think that is one of those traits of a very good leader as well, where you're able to say to somebody, let's all share because we've all got something to say of value. It's not a power base here. It's not, it's not something that we're looking to. And I think that's one of the things about ordinary people doing extraordinary things is that they have a concept of regard for other people's voices and how they bring that together, how you host that, how you get to that space. Pretty important. That's right. Yeah. You, you can very easily boost someone's status and the way they feel about themselves and the relationship that they have with you by just giving them the space to have your attention. What does Stephen Covey say? Seek first to understand. Yep. And sometimes that's a long road, isn't it? Because we're all quite complex. Oh dear. Yeah. But the impact is earth shattering. You know, there's two more qualities that I think are extremely inspiring and important these days. So we talked about courageous vulnerability and listening, trust and safety. And this is another big one that's coming out with, you know, vengeance now is how critical trust and safety. So when we say safety, you know, it's psychological safety in a workplace and with leaders. And Simon Sinek, speaking of TED Talks, he also has another very good TED Talk called Why Good Leaders Make You Feel Safe. Yeah. And in that talk, he you know, discusses trust and safety in detail. And I actually, I have a story about a leader of my own and where I felt trust and safety in a workplace I'd like to share. That'd be great. Yeah. Years ago, I was working for a company. It was a startup and they became very rapidly successful. And then they crashed and burned almost as rapidly. So you know, over a, you know, let's say a period of five to six years, they did a very significant bell-shaped curve where they rose rapidly and you know, it was a great place to work at that time. And then the decline happened very quickly as well. And I started working for this company as they were on their way up. So it was a fantastic job, a fun, vibrant environment, a great vibe, great culture until things started to fall apart. You know, in about a year, we had hundreds of redundancies. We'd leave on a Friday and come in on the Monday and all of the IT had been cleared out. Desk spaces were empty. You know, we lost entire departments in one time or a floor. So, you know, the whole second floor would be gone in one day. It was a very stressful place to work. Our leader was probably the best and most effective communicator that I have ever met. And she kept our team together. So there were many teams throughout this organization. So I'll call our team the, the education department. But, you know, we lost customer service. They just one day, the whole department was gone. Then the marketing team was gone. And then HR was gone and finance was gone. But the education team stayed largely intact. And the reason why was because of our leader's ability to keep us in the loop with everything that was going on. Yeah. So we often had very official looking people come into the building. I think a lot of real estate agents when we were getting toward the end because they were looking at releasing the space. Um, so we knew the end was imminent. And some people did choose from our department, you know, the education team, some people did choose to leave because their job security was gone. Yeah, yeah. But a large majority of us stayed for our leader. And what she would do is every time there was people that didn't work there that came in in suits and ties and they'd go behind closed doors and we were nervous thinking that's it today it's over we're, gone. <laughs> we're all unemployed now and as soon as they would leave she would pull the whole team together 
and you know, open plan office. So all she had to do was just scream and just say, team. And we'd all gather around. Some days she would say, I have nothing to tell you. And that was okay because we knew that was true. We mm. knew if she did have something to tell us that she would. And some days she would say, look, there's not much I can tell you, but what I will share with you is this. And in a business that was failing, and it ultimately did go into administration, and on that last day, there was still 26 people from our department. And we weren't there for the business. We were there for the leader. For her. Because of the amount of security she gave us in a very un insecure and unstable environment. And the amount of trust that we had in her, that if she said, your job is safe today, that we knew that she was telling the truth. And that I think is one of those experiences in my life. And you know, that years have passed now, but if that particular woman ever called me up and said, Nikki, I'd like you to come do some work with me, I would say when and where. And I, and I think the other 25 people that were there on the day that that business actually shut down would go and work for her again too. That's the litmus test, isn't it? Would you go back and work with somebody like that? Mm. Yeah. That's an extraordinary experience to have worked and lived through because it would have affected your life, not just your work life, but your whole life because you're managing a situation that you're living through and watching. Do I need to jump ship now? Do I need to go and find something else and look to my own security or whatever? But the trust that you had in her was amazing. Oh, yeah. And she earned that trust by trusting us. Yes. By trusting us with information, by trusting us with honesty, you know, by going above and beyond what a manager needs to do for an organization. But she put the heart into the business by saying, you are my team and we're going to fight together. And, and in the end, you know, we all ended up suffering a bit. And she probably suffered the most. Uh, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But the loyalty and dedication that that leader got and that any leader can have by giving the people that you work with the trust and respect that they deserve and, and they will follow you if that's the way they feel. So these examples that you've just shared with us, they're very rich. So listeners just know that you've got quick access to TED Talk to follow up on what Nikki's saying that enables her to inspire her own performance and those of others. These are people just like us who have managed and developed and applied their skills and strategies into different situations. And that takes a whole lot of thought and recognition of your emotional intelligence skill base. And it really brings to the fore about when you're managing people, when you're working with people, about how to communicate really well with them. Apart from other things around decision-making, around self-management, being the awareness of yourself and others when you're inspiring performance is absolutely critical. And uh, Nikki's given us some great examples. So thank you for those. Yeah, self-awareness and awareness of others is probably those two underlying themes that will flavor everything that you do as a leader. And I think you need to be aware of yourself first before you can be aware of others, but you can continue growing and learning both at the same time over the course of your life. And that's the exciting part. You know, <laughs> I, I know each day I keep learning more and more about myself and thus it, it has a positive flow on effect to the people around me and the way I understand them. 
So, you know, what is your IP isn't far off, is our intellectual property. It's what we've developed and worked on it, continually learning about ourselves that helps to inspire performance in ourselves and others because we are whole. We are whole people. We are magnificent. Humans are just magnificent. When you look at what we are able to do, who we are, how we develop, I mean, it's the whole package, isn't it? Our physical being, it's our emotional being, it's our cognitive being, the way we think and learn. It's also our spirituality. It's, it's our wholeness that really helps us know ourselves and know others to be able to inspire performance. So I really appreciate your stories. You know what I didn't ask you this morning was, what was it that you smiled about when you got up this morning? What was the first thing you smiled about? Oh, well, <laughs> that one. Well, the first thing I did this morning was an hour of yoga. And, you know, that always makes me smile. But I think, you know, I, I said this in our last podcast, I don't get out of bed smiling. I envy those people whose feet hit the ground and say, oh, yes, Monday morning, here I come. <laughs> it just, I don't know if I have ever experienced that. <laughs> I love your honesty because it's so true. It's so true. But I wonder, after the hour of yoga, how are you feeling? Oh, ready to start the day. You know, I'm, I'm a very go. big advocate of movement and exercise. And, it, you know, it doesn't have to be any particular kind as long as you're consistent in doing something. Everyone who knows me knows that I exercise 365 days a year, every single day. It's as normal for me as brushing my teeth or having a shower. And it. it's just something that, you know, I've learned to habitually build into my day because it, it does. It gets your brain ready to meet and engage and, you know, to show up as your best self. That becomes a strength. It That's does. a strength of yours. Yeah, the tenacity, the grit to continue to do your exercise, apart from the teeth and the breakfast every day. It's looking at how you can use that deliberate action to fuel areas that you can further develop and inspire in yourself and others. Yeah, that's right. And you know, Carrie, sometimes I joke and I say, I wouldn't dare leave the house without brushing my teeth because I don't want to offend people with my breath. So why would I want to offend people with my behavior? Yeah. And if I don't exercise, I stand a risk of offending people with my behavior. <laughs> so, you know, I start, I start my day with exercise like I brush my teeth. I'm getting over 28K walk yesterday across the seven bridges in Sydney, which it was a magnificent day. So I've got a few little twinges. And when I went to the gym this morning, I declared it. I said, Chris... I hurt he just a little bit, hurty a little bit. And he, he says, what have you been up to, girl? And I said, told him, he goes, oh, Carrie, really? I said, it's the greatest thing. I said, and I'm not too bad today. So <laughs> I'm very, very pleased to be. And you have a big smile on your face. I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> Carrie, there's one last quality about leadership that I just want to mention before we end today. So we talked about courageous vulnerability, listening and trust and safety. But I want to end on gratitude. This one is so beautiful, such a beautiful quality for a leader to demonstrate. And who does this really well is Indra Nui, mm -hmm. who is the former CEO of PepsiCo. And she says that gratitude is one of the most powerful habits that has driven her to success in her career. And I think anyone who knows her name knows she's had a very successful, beautiful career and has done a lot of good for the world. 
Hmm. So a story she tells is about shortly after she was promoted to CEO of PepsiCo, she went back to India and visited her family. And she noticed that there was a lot of people that were, you know, a lot of visitors that were coming to see her during her stay that were congratulating her mother for Indra's success. And she thought about that. And she brought that thought of gratitude about how the parents of people who have raised excellent role models of society and excellent workers rarely get any kind of recognition for that. So she went on a quest to write more than 400 letters to the parents of her executives, expressing her gratitude for raising such a fine human being. And if you can just imagine the earth-shaking impact that that would have had on so many people by expressing gratitude. I can just think of it myself. If somebody reached out to my father and said, wow, you know what? I really admire your daughter and you have done a spectacular job because you know your daughter is one of my best employees, executives, friends, inspiration. Mm. The meaning that that would have not only for my father, but for me too, you know, that someone would take their time and energy to express gratitude to someone of dear and high importance to me. So now Indra Nui did this 400 times and the impact was remarkable and it brings tears to my eyes when she tells the story. So trust your people, be vulnerable, listen to them and show your gratitude. You don't have to write a letter to their parents, but you know, show gratitude in the little things. Say thank you more often. You know, I've seen tremendous impacts in the organizations I work with by leaders just saying thank you a little bit more or giving a pat on the back or some positive feedback or just saying, you know what, Carrie, thanks for showing up this morning and thanks for having me on your podcast. <laughs> I'm extremely grateful for you sharing your wisdom with us. And, you know, whatever we do in life, being generous in the way that we share ourselves is part of leadership as well, isn't it? I think generosity of spirit. So leaders and listeners, what's your call to action after listening to Nikki today? And what will a daily gratitude saying or action be for you that can follow up from this? How curious are you to investigate a little bit more about the TED Talks Nikki's mentioned today from Simon Senek and Stanley McChrystal. So thank you once again, Nikki. Always inspiring and always interesting with quite a lot of nice humour set in because we all laugh at ourselves on those crazy days, don't we? We have to, otherwise we'll go around the twist. So thank you for being on our show today. We are going to talk to Nikki again. So we're looking at this magic trifecta of can-do, grit and attitude, inspiring performance and being what it is we're called to be. So if you'd like to know more about Nikki Langman, you can find Nikki at... NikkiLangman.com and on LinkedIn. Yeah, and if you'd like to know more about Thriving Matters and what I do as a leadership coach, also around retreats and immersions for your leadership, don't forget that you can pop onto CarrieBenedette.com. It also links to ThrivingMatters.com. Pop onto the podcast. We always like a thumbs up and it's appreciated. Don't forget, give life a red hot shot because your Thriving Matters. 